pumpkins and pranks, Halloween is a patchwork holiday stitched together with cultural, religious, and occult traditions that span centuries. It all began with the Celts, a people whose culture had spread across Europe more than 2,000 years ago. October 31st was the day they celebrated the end of the harvest season in a festival called Sowen. That night also marked the Celtic New Year and was considered a time between years, a magical time when the ghost of the dead walked the earth. It was the time when the veil between death and life was supposed to be at its thinnest. On Samhain, the villagers gathered and lit huge bonfires to drive the dead back to the spirit world and keep them away from the living. But as the Catholic Church's influence grew in Europe, it frowned on the pagan rituals like Samhain. In the 7th century, the Vatican began to merge it with a church-sanctioned holiday. So November 1st was designated All Saints Day to honor martyrs and the deceased faithful. Both of these holidays had to do with the afterlife and about survival after death. It was a calculated move on the part of the church to bring more people into the fold. All Saints Day was known then as Hallamus. Hallow means holy or saintly. So the translation is roughly Mass of the Saints. The night before, October 31st, was All Hallows' Eve, which gradually morphed into Halloween. The holiday came to America with the wave of Irish immigrants during the potato famine of the 1840s. They brought several of their holiday customs with them, including bobbing for apples and playing tricks on neighbors, like removing gates from the front of houses. The young pranksters wore masks so they wouldn't be recognized. But over the years, the tradition of harmless tricks grew into outright vandalism. Back in the 1930s, it really became a dangerous ho holiday. I mean, there was... Um such uh, hooliganism and vandalism. Trick-or-treating was originally a extortion deal. Give us candy or we'll uh, trash your house. Storekeepers and neighbors began giving treats or bribes to stop the tricks, and children were encouraged to travel door-to-door -door for treats as an alternative to troublemaking. By the late 30s, trick-or-treat became the holiday greeting. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, that's Halloween history right here, and not just another podcast. The Halloween history is from uh, by National Geographic. It was a 16-year-old video, and uh, it, it, it explains a lot. So now enjoy a couple of uh, pretty cool horror stories, all right? And uh, remember to follow and like and subscribe to Not Just Another Podcast by me, actor Mark Mercarian. A feature presentation direct from the archives of Buffalo Stories LLC and staffannouncer.com. is 
a fearful thing. Fearful from lack of knowledge of its content, its purpose. What does the darkness contain? Why does it exist? Is it harmful? Is it beneficial? Is it to be feared? Listen. A police car speeds through a haunted night. A passing shower has left the pavement slick with rain and scudding wraithful clouds become ominous shapes in the light of a slivered moon. The darkness pierced only by the lance-like beams of the car's headlights and the almost plopping sound of the rotating red eye mounted on its top. There's been an accident, some cause for alarm. Help has been requested by an unknown caller. The police have summoned a doctor on emergency duty. And now he and the policeman respond to the call. Uh, hang on, Doc. We're almost there. Great. It's really a rotten night to be hurtling around in a police car. I haven't seen another car for miles. Uh, I probably won't out here. <laughs> All I use in this neighborhood is horses. <laughs> Guess we wonder this place is still standing. It sure run down. It sure looks that way in the dark. Hey, watch over that long. Two men oh, stepped yeah. from the automobile, oh. shoes crunching yeah, on the gravel, leaves that lay on the ground. Well, anybody home. And as they walked, they tried to joke with one another to lighten the mood. But we didn't come all this way for a crank. Look out for that it's loose. Oh. Approaching steps of the desperate-looking house, an eerie feeling began to overcome both of them. A feeling of apprehension that all was not right. It was so dark. So very, very dark. I'll knock. Uh, try again. There doesn't seem to be anybody around. No, I'll try the door. That's uh, open. Huh? Let's go in. Okay. Cautiously, they entered the one shackle house. Clothed the deepest, blackest night of the year. The beam of the flashlight crashed from corner to corner, disrupting the dust that lay there undisturbed for years, it seemed. Small, scurrying sounds in the walls spoke for the rodent occupants, and a flitting shadow made them duck their heads. Oh, bats, what a creepy place. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Oh. Doesn't seem to be anyone here. Hello? Hello? Oh, what in God's name is that? I came from the next room. But, oh, you all right? Oh, what, what happened? Where's, where's the lights? Oh, I just fell over a chair. It busted my flashlight. Well, strike a match or something. There, there's someone in this room. There, in the corner. An old woman. Wait a minute. Ow! I burned my fingers. Well, strike another one quickly. There. Oh, wait a minute. There's a, there's a lamp over there. A kerosene lamp. Maybe if I could... Well, check, check and see if there's any fuel. Yeah, well... Yeah, yeah, there's fuel in it. Wait a minute, let me light it. Ah. Ah, there. At least that's a little bit better than the dark. Bring that thing over here to look at her. Hey, I know that woman. She, she used to live in town a couple of years ago. 
kids used to call her uh, a witch. Seems she uh, she had a kid, uh, a young man. Should be about 25. They, they moved from town a couple of years ago and then dropped completely out of sight. I haven't seen her since... Uh, well, aside be... from the fact that she's very old, there, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with her. Did you call us out here, old woman? Hey, what do you think we ought to do? I suppose we ought to take her back to the hospital for examination. If, if there's nothing wrong, they'll release her in the morning and uh, no harm done. I, there must be something wrong with her. Maybe, maybe a neighbor called in. I, I feel we ought to take her. I don't know. She's shaking her head no, Doc. Oh, yeah. wh what is it, old woman? C can you talk to me? Can you tell me what's wrong? I, I tell you, we ought to take her back to the hospital. She's pointing to that room over there, Doc. That, that door over there. Hey, is there something behind that door, old woman? Is there something behind that door that we should know about? Yeah, I think we ought to take a look before we do anything else, Doc. Maybe your kid is having a, a fit or something. Maybe, maybe he's hurt. Is, is that it, old woman? Is, is your boy behind that door? Is your boy behind that door? This is WKBW at 1520 on your Buffalo dial. The policeman left the woman's side and crossed the room to try the door. It's locked. Crude yellow glow from the kerosene lantern cast lurid shadows on the wall of the filthy room. The movements of the policeman and the doctor appeared as huge caricatures of themselves on the surrounding enclosure. The old crone sat in the corner chuckling insanely to herself as the two men puzzled out the meaning of the mystery they had stumbled onto. Even the flickering, meager light from the lantern across the room could not hide the fear that showed in each other's eyes. Could not quench the burning curiosity as to what lay behind the door. Could not dispel the feeling of anxiety as they approached the door together. The old woman, dimly lit in the corner of the room, showed her yellowed teeth in a grotesque grin as they moved from her and made not a sound as they touched the handle of the door. They're locked, huh? I suppose we'll have to break it in. Now, stand back. Let me put my shoulder to it. Reach in and unlock it from the inside. Open? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Putrid light the kerosene lantern threw was all but swallowed up by the immense darkness of the room as the smashed door swung back on its hinges. The men peered into the room, trying to divine its contents. All to no avail. Apprehensively, the doctor turned on his heel and strode across the room to where the old woman was sitting. Crouched near, hissed through fear-clenched teeth. Is it in there? Is that where you want us to go? For the first time, the old crone made some visible motion. An arm upraised from the billows of filthy cloth that surrounded it. 
a gnarled hand with prominent blue veins close to the surface of yellowed parchment skin appeared, and a crooked, misshapen finger pointed with broken, filthy nails at the door. Whatever it is we're here for, it's in that room. Hey, I don't like it, Doc. I don't like the looks of this. I'm, I'm going to call for help. I'm going to go out to the car radio for help. I'll... Don't be a fool. Whatever's in there may be in trouble. Whatever's in there, we may already be too late. Or, too early. The doctor covered his fear with patient resolve and sweeping up the lantern strode viciously across the room, beckoning the policeman to follow him. He stopped at the door and swinging the lantern heavily in his hand, hesitated a moment and then thrust it into the room. His motion caused the lamp to swing high and the full impact of even that feeble flame caused them to blink for a moment, readjust their eyes again to the gloom. Shading his eyes against the glare of the lantern held high, the doctor swept the room with his glance. I don't see anything. This is foolish. Let, let's take the old... Wait! Woman. Wait. What is it? Quiet. There. In the corner. What? Uh, my God. My, my God. Uh, what, what, the, what the hell is that? What kind of a place is this? horror-stricken men stared at the mass in the far corner of the room. A glutinous shape that defied the imagination. An indescribable horror of flesh made them recoil in terror. Get a hold of yourself. I'm going to take a closer Doc, look. Don't touch it. Don't touch Shut it. Up, you idiot. Uh, what the hell is this? You won't believe this. It's a man. A man turned inside out. The shapeless hulk lay in the corner. And in the light of the lantern, dim as it was, some form could be distinguished. It moved. It moved, Doggy. It moved. It's alive. My God. A man turned inside out. It's still alive. Look at it. Look at it, you fool. The skin is the inside, and the raw sinews and flesh are the outside. All the organs exposed, the eyes inside out. Not kill it! Do something! Put it away! It's moving! It back. My God, it's moving! It's trying to get to... Oh, hold that lantern higher. There. There's a door. Another door in the corner of the room. It's trying to get there. I'm going to open it. Doc, don't stay away from that door. Let me call for help. I'm, I'm going, going to open to that door. Whatever, whoever did this is, is probably hiding in there. Hold the lantern higher. What? 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 What do you see? Nothing. Nothing but darkness. Darkness. Bring the lantern here. Doc, Doc, I, I, I'm scared. Bring Doc. the lantern here, you fool. And hurry. Hold it high so I can see. The man crossed the room with the light and held it high to gain its fullest light. The two men stood silently for a moment, listening, hearing only one another breathing. 
and the mumbling sounds of the creature in the corner. The light. If the light doesn't penetrate it, it doesn't cut the darkness at all. It's almost a solid wall of, of darkness. Look. You can almost feel don't, it. Don't, don't reach in there. Nothing. The doctor had reached up and grabbed the doctor's outstretched arm and pulled it down. The doctor had put out his hand to explore the depth of the room and the policeman stopped him. Cut it out, you idiot. Don't put your hand in there. Can't you see how the light doesn't get in there at all? It, it's, it's like a solid wall. Come on, let's, let's get out of here. He tugged at the doctor's arm to draw him away from the door. The man resisted, his curiosity overcoming his fear of the unknown, of the darkness. This is WKBW at 1520 on your Buffalo dial. Let go of my arm. I, I gotta find out. Look. Look at the floor. Oh, my God. It's... It's creeping out. The, the darkness is... It's creeping out of the room. It's... It's almost... It's almost like it's leaking. The darkness had begun to creep out of the room like a rivulet of sweat that runs down your back. The small tentacles of darkness now extended themselves across the floor of the room, reaching out for the two men where they stood. Shut the door quickly. Shut that door on the thing. Now let's get let's get out of here. Let's let's go and call for help and get away from this place. What about this I'll... thing in the corner? There's nothing you can do for him. The woman. Stop! You the woman! You stop! <laughs> The old crone had crept quietly behind them, not making a sound all the while. They stood at the door of the closet, staring at the inky mass. And now, as they moved toward the door of the room, she threw open the door of the closet to trap the darkness behind it and unleashed it in the small room. She's opened the door. Look it out. Stand back. I've got my revolver. I won't do any good. Look. It's coming out. It's gathering around her legs. It's crawling around her body. I, I can't work. The two men stood horror-stricken, fear making their hearts pound. Their throats constricted with dryness and the sour taste of terror filled their mouths as they watched the heavy, black mass undulate out of the closet and snake around the old woman's body. It crept around her waist. His small fingers like vines shot up to trap her arms to her side. With smoke-like ghostliness, it moved round her shoulders and clutched at her head, smothering her insane laughter that greeted this creature of evil. There was silence for a moment. The darkness wreathed itself around the form of the woman, masking all shape human configuration in a billowing mass of darkness. And then... Inside out! It, it turned her inside out! Come on, man. Get up. Get up. We've got to get out of here. Get up. The man was overcome by the sight of the old woman's hideous change. He fell to the floor, prostrate with fear. I can't lift him. He's too heavy. Wake up. Damn it. Wake up. I can't run here. It's moving closer to us now. I gotta try and lift it. It's got my legs, my the feet. Darkness had crept across the floor of the room, ensnaring the doctor in his struggles to lift his comrade. It reached for his feet and legs, and struggle as he might, he couldn't rid himself of its hold. Take it loose. Get 
get loose. Let's try for the door. Try to crawl. Move from the form of his fallen companion and try to struggle to the door. Now, now, there seemed to be some success. He was able to move his legs, and then he knew why. The darkness was preoccupied with his friend. Again, he watched in fascinated terror as the hissing, slithering, bilious mass crept over the prostrate form there on the floor. Again, he watched as the resolution of human form disintegrated before his eyes. All thoughts of escape left his mind as he watched terror-stricken, knowing what was coming, unable to tear his eyes away. The wraithful black eater that gathered itself in one humping mass. And then... Coming to his senses, the doctor summoned his courage from a human reservoir untapped, save for times like these, and made for the door. A tentacle of darkness shot out from the mass, gathered itself around his knees, and brought him crashing to the floor. Ah! You got me! Try to get away. Got to get away from it. Smother me. Smother me. Turn me inside out. My legs. My heart. Fight, you fool. Fight. Fight. It's only smoke. It's only smoke. Fight. 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 Gotta get away. Doctor, my head. All right. I can't see. My mouth. It's coming my mouth. Get me. Fight. You fool. Gotta get away. darkness that absorbs you like a shroud. It clothes you like fine cloth, clinging to you, resolving itself to human form, taking you to its bosom. Friendly darkness, Feature presentation, direct from the archives of Buffalo Stories, LLC, and staffannouncer.com.
The following account is taken from the report of the San Francisco Examiner and is certainly one of the most striking cases of the character on record. It is not put forward as strictly evidential, but its interesting nature certainly warrants its insertion in this volume. Soon after the Walsinghams took up their abode in their new home, they began to be disturbed by strange sounds and odd phenomena. These disturbances generally took the form of noises in the house after the family had retired and the lights had been extinguished. Continual banging of the doors, things overturned, the doorbell rang, and the annoying of the house dog, a large and intelligent mastiff. One day, Don Caesar, the mastiff, was found in the hallway barking furiously and bristling with rage while his eyes seemed directed to the wall just before him. At last he made a spring forward with a hoarse yelp of ungovernable fury, only to fall back as if flung down by some powerful and cruel hand. Upon examination it was found that his neck had been broken. The house cat, on the contrary, seemed rather to enjoy the favor of the ghost, and would often enter a door as if escorting some visitor, whose hand was stroking her back. She would also climb about a chair, rubbing herself and purring as if well pleased at the presence of someone in the seat. She and Don Caesar invariably manifested this eccentric conduct at the same time, as though the mysterious being were visible to both of them. The annoying visitant finally took to arousing the family at all hours of the night by making such a row as to render any rest impossible. This noise, which consisted of shouts, groans, hideous laughter, and a peculiar, most distressing wail, would sometimes proceed, apparently, from under the house, sometimes from the ceiling, and at other times in the very room in which the family was seated. One night, Miss Amelia Walsingham, the young lady daughter, was engaged at her toilet when she felt a hand softly laid on her shoulder. Thinking it her mother or sister, she glanced at the glass before her, only to be thunderstruck at seeing the mirror reflect no form but her own though she could plainly see a man's broad hand lying on her arm. She brought the family to her by her screams, but when they reached her, all sign of the mysterious hand had gone. Mr. Walsingham himself saw footsteps form beside his own while walking through the garden after a light rain. The marks were those of a man's naked feet and fell beside his own, as if the person walked at his side. Matters grew so serious that the Walsinghams became frightened and talked of leaving the house, when an event took place which confirmed them in this determination. The family was seated at the supper table with several guests who were spending the evening, when a loud groan was heard in the room overhead. This was, however, nothing unusual, and very little notice was taken of it until one of the visitors pointed out a stain of what looked like blood on the white tablecloth, and it was seen that some liquid was slowly dripping on the table from the ceiling overhead. 
this liquid was so much like freshly shed blood that it horrified those who watched its slow dropping mr walsingham with several of his guests ran hastily upstairs and into the room directly over the one in which the blood was dripping a carpet covered the floor and nothing appeared to explain the source of the ghastly rain but anxious to satisfy themselves thoroughly the carpet was immediately ripped up and the boarding found to be perfectly dry and even covered with a thin layer of dust and all the while the floor was being examined the persons below could swear the blood never ceased to drop a stain the size of a dinner plate was formed before the drops ceased to fall this stain was examined the next day under the microscope and was pronounced by competent chemists to be human blood the walsinghams left the house next day and since then the place has been apparently given over to spooks and evil spirits which make the night hideous with the noise of revel shouts and furious yells hundreds from all over this county and adjacent ones have visited the place but few have had the courage to pass the night in the haunted house one daring spirit however horace gunn of savannah accepted a wager that he could not spend twenty-four hours in it and did so though he declares that there is not enough money in the country to make him pass another night there he was found the morning after by his friends with whom he made the wager in a swoon he has never recovered from the shock of his horrible experience and is still confined to his bed suffering from nervous prostration his story is that shortly after nightfall he endeavored to kindle a fire in one of the rooms and to light the lamp with which he had provided himself but to his surprise and consternation found it impossible to do either an icy breath which seemed to proceed from some invisible person at his side extinguished each match as he lighted it at this peculiarly terrifying turn of affairs mr gunn would have left the house and forfeited the amount of his wager a considerable one but he was restrained by the fear of ridicule he steadied himself in the dark with what calmness he could and waited developments for some time nothing occurred and the young man was half dozing when after an hour or two he was brought to his feet by a sudden yell of pain or rage that seemed to come from under the house this appeared to be the signal for an outbreak of hideous noises all over the house the sound of running feet could be heard scurrying up and down the stairs hastening from one room to another as if one person fled from the pursuit of a second this kept up for nearly an hour but at last ceased altogether and for some time mr gunn sat in darkness and quiet and had about concluded that the performance was over for the night at last however his attention was attracted by a white spot that gradually appeared on the opposite wall the spot continued to brighten until it seemed a disk of white fire when the horrified spectator saw that the light emanated from and surrounded a human head which without a body or any visible means of support was moving slowly along the wall about the height of a man from the floor 
this ghastly head appeared to be that of an aged person though whether male or female it was difficult to determine the hair was long and gray and matted together with dark clots of blood which also issued from a deep jagged wound in one temple the cheeks were fallen in and the whole face indicated suffering and unspeakable misery the eyes were wide open and gleamed with an unearthly fire while the glassy eyes seemed to follow the terror-stricken gun who was too thoroughly paralyzed by what he saw to move or cry out finally the head disappeared and the room was once more left in darkness but the young man could hear what seemed to be half a dozen persons moving about him while the whole house shook as if rocked by some violent earthquake the groaning and the wailing that broke forth from every direction was something terrific and an unearthly rattle and banging as of china or tin pans being flung to the ground floor from the upper story added to the deafening noise gunn at last roused himself sufficiently to try and leave the haunted house feeling his way along the wall in order to avoid the beings whatever they were that filled the room the young man had nearly succeeded in reaching the door when he found himself seized by the ankle and was violently thrown to the floor he was grasped by icy hands which sought to grip him about the throat he struggled with his unseen foe but was soon overpowered and choked into insensibility when found by his friends his throat was black with the marks of long thin fingers armed with cruel curved nails the only explanation which can be found for these mysterious manifestations is that about three months before a number of bones were discovered on the walsingham place which some declared even then to be those of a human being mr walsingham pronounced them however to be in animals and they were hastily thrown into an adjacent lime kiln it is supposed to be the outraged spirit of a person to whom they belonged in life which is now creating such consternation